You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 57 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart and as always, I'm with the witty Jeff Gargas. Witty. I like it. You're witty. You always make me laugh, Jeff. I mean, sometimes I it's at my expense, but I really usually think you're funny. <laughs> I, I thought for sure you were going to say sometimes it's out of pity, but I, I like that you said at your expense. Wow. Okay Maybe it is also out of pity, but you don't need to start <laughs> off the podcast that way. Yikes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think most of our podcasts don't start the way they should. They all start like this with complete nonsense. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I, You know, I'm doing awesome, Ray. Uh, it's it's It's... It's podcast recording day. We get to do three tonight, which is awesome. Some people might know that we do multiple recordings in, in one night usually. Usually it's two, but tonight we get to do three. So that means we're talking to three awesome educators and, and going through that. So I, I love it. I'm super excited. I was actually going to share. So so I was actually in a really cool conversation on Twitter uh, earlier today with an educator. Go figure. And we were talking back and forth and just a lot of different stuff. What, what we were talking about isn't really what's important, but it got me thinking, you know, we we're having this really cool conversation and actually somewhere in the mix of the conversation, I was able to help him with something and we connected on some things and we're doing, we've been talking for a little bit while and he said something about, you know, six months ago or something like that when I joined Twitter, like I didn't think I'd get to this point because it was a cool revelation that he had on doing some reflection and stuff. So it was really awesome. And I got to thinking like, you know, you and I were on Twitter. I love Twitter. You're all over and I'm all over. Our team's all over. We do our mastery chat on Thursday nights at eight o'clock and everything. And, but I still think there's a lot and we run into it. I think there's a lot of educators who are still a little like leery of just social media in general, or maybe they don't get Twitter because it's really fast and kind of quick and you got to like, you know, how do these chats work and what the heck's the hashtag meaning and stuff and and how do i sign up for master chat and you know and how does it work and so i kind of wanted to talk if you got if you don't mind for a couple seconds like about twitter yeah Um, i think that right now is that okay to do on a podcast to talk about twitter well it's kind of cheating but i'm okay with it so twitter for me when i got logged on i felt the exact same way it was like why do i want to scroll through and read other people's thoughts and at the time i think i was following like the kardashians and i was like so why do i need to know what the kardashians are doing every day right like that doesn't seem normal um, but I, it's funny, Jeff, that you bring up Twitter because last week I was reaching out to an educator I've been following on Twitter, like obviously somebody who has started recently. And I reached out and said, Hey, have you, are you interested in hosting mastery chat? Because obviously we're always looking for these progressive, awesome educators to host our mastery chats on Thursdays. And I am not kidding you. And I should take a picture of this response is they were like, yeah, I'm super excited. What's a Twitter chat? I'm like, you're on Twitter <laughs> and you're not doing a Twitter chat. What do you do? Like what, what is Twitter without Twitter chats? Like I don't I understand, it. but it's funny because when you get those responses, you're like, wow, you're missing an entire portal to have discussions with teachers. And, you know, we've blogged a lot about this topic, Jeff, but one of my favorites, and I'm biased because I wrote this blog, one of my favorite blogs is us explaining Twitter chats in a cocktail party. Do you remember this blog? Mm-hmm. I do. I, I, I do recall that blog. Yes. I, I thought I was so smart writing this blog. I remember are, vividly you... like, Jeff, I have this great idea to explain Twitter. And you were like, whatever, right? Write a blog. <laughs> <laughs> I always think you're smart. Yeah. I Do you want to give like this? 
the summary of that blog like so what if i'm a listener right now and i'm literally going yeah okay right but like what is a twitter chat all right so first of all the blog is over <laughs> at teachbear.com so you can go check it out it's literally called i think twitter chats versus cocktail, parties. cocktail parties yeah but yeah. if you picture like a networking event right you're standing in a big room and um there's people coming in and you're just creating casual conversation you're you're networking you're mingling and when you look around, you see people that you know. So you like casually, you know, excuse yourself from conversations, pop over to your friends, have more conversations. And that instance is such a perfect example of what a Twitter chat mm -hmm. is virtually, right? Like, so the, the venue itself of where you're having this networking event just so happens to be Twitter. And not just Twitter, but, but the hashtag is the room that you're in, that networking event. So as long as you use the hashtag, your conversation is staying within the people that are at the networking event with you. And when you start talking to people and using this hashtag, you have a host that somebody's like putting on the event and they're the ones that might do a small speech to introduce everybody. Maybe they're putting a question or more, more so explaining why you're all there. That's the host of a Twitter chat. They're, they're pushing out questions that you can discuss in groups. And, and as your circle of whoever you're networking with, you have the opportunity to choose to talk about those questions or, or skip one because you're in a really deep conversation about something that you had connected with them about earlier. And so that whole concept of kind of looking at more of a social um, event that maybe some of us listening are more comfortable with, you know, going to um, a networking event and, and meeting people face to face is exactly what you can experience on Twitter. And, and the best part is that those networking events have usually some sort of theme and they have a start and end time. And that's exactly like a Twitter chat. A Twitter chat usually mm -hmm. has a, a theme of some sort that they'll be discussing and then it has a start and end time. So you know exactly what to expect walking in and when you'll, you know, the party's over. <laughs> so we were trying to create this correlation for the hope of kind of taking something you're comfortable with and then relating it to maybe a new experience. Well, here's the best part is if you're like my wife who doesn't like that type of social event but, but really likes people watching, you can go hide in a corner true and just watch but in a twitter chat it's not quite as creepy yes so because like, no one can see that you, you're watching well because you can as we call it lurk but you can literally lurk around the quote-unquote cocktail party listen into all those conversations but it's completely okay and not creepy at all and you can learn so much from just doing that and jeff can you add in that like for a cocktail party you usually have to get dressed up and like put on makeup you and don't have I can to do for twitter in my pjs and it's awesome <laughs> And, and that's the best part is that you can literally you can you can engage in this and, and get this value and build the connection stuff for, from anywhere because you do it on your phone and you can pop in for a couple questions pop out if you don't you know if you got things going on with family whatever you can come back and I also love that you can come back later we have people who so our mastery chat goes on on Thursday nights at eight o'clock Eastern time and we have people who are answering those questions on Friday nights on Saturdays on Sundays and going through the weekend because they, they couldn't be there Thursday and that's okay you can't do that at a cocktail party. You can't like show up at the uh, the venue three days later and be like, hey, I'm here to – oh, no one's here, right? <laughs> but on Twitter weird. chat, you can. And I think that's awesome. I want to – as long as we're talking about this, uh, Tiffany shared something that uh, our guest moderator that's coming up, it, he'll have already moderated by the time this episode comes out. But uh, Jeffrey Austin, who's just – Austin, who's just an awesome educator as it is. But yeah. he said, hosting Mastery Chat for a teacher is like hosting Saturday, Saturday Night Live for an actor or comedian. Aw, that's sweet <laughs> i thought that was awesome so i had to share it so 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 our guests our, our, our guest today on the podcast also talks quite a bit about twitter she's a big advocate for twitter um she talks she gives some really great advice i think about 
Twitter and those who are maybe a little overwhelmed by it or, or confused by it or just don't really know how they're supposed to utilize them when they can. She get she drops some really cool advice, I think. So so in this episode, we're talking with Annick Roke, who is up in Winnipeg, Canada, and uh, she's a 10-year veteran uh, teacher. She is... She's got a really cool situation story. I love it because she's got four boys at home, four kids. And, um, you know, she talks about, I love, I'm not going to give it away. I'm gonna, you're going to need to listen to how she says it because it's better. But I love the the answer she gives to the question that she gets all the time, which is how do you do it? How do you work full time with four kids at home? Four and kids her, under eight. Yeah. Two of them are twins that are lonely, like what are four? So like, and the answer she gets is really, really cool. She's got a great story about working. She's at a, a pretty brand new school that she's been at. And she talks about sort of the... Uh, the the story of how she got there and the challenge that it was to get hired in there and what she's gotten out of it. I loved her um, her failure story was great and I think a lot of people are going to relate to either maybe the specific type of thing that happened or at least some sort of connection to the fear of what what she went through and I think the way she handled it and the results that come about will it, it just super super valuable for anybody who who's had this type of situation, which I think is probably a lot of people. Really a great episode. Anything from it that's popping out in your head right now, Ray? I just loved her approach. You know, she talked a lot about education. You're going to hear her talk about Twitter, like you said, Jeff, but she also highlights the opportunity she had recently to take the dream job. And I loved Mm -hmm. just hearing educators talk passionately about what they enjoy, I think is inspiring. And I remember the feeling, I, I know the feeling of, of, of getting the dream job. And I just love that she took the time to highlight that this was something that she felt called to, that she was passionate about. And You'll see in the episode. It's a great one. This is episode 57 with Enik Roke. All right, we are here and we are talking to Enik Roke, and she's coming to us from Winnipeg, Canada, which is awesome. I think, Ray, is this the first we've had of our Canadian friends on? I think it might be. No way, we had Roman on. Dude, oh, we had crazy? Roman on early on. That's right. Oh, Roman, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean it. He's gonna hear this and be yeah, so but he's upset with he's you. in Ontario, so it's at least at least I'm on like a different part of Canada. Like I'm at least I don't know, whatever. Roman, don't be mad. So uh, first off, thank you so much for for hanging out with us in 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 uh, after a full day of of work. Or actually, are you did you work today? Are you on spring break? Or today is the first day back from spring break. So back. So yeah. your first day back, you come back from spring break, you put in a full day, and then you come on and chat with us. Like that's awesome. So, you bet, but it was a great day, so worked well, out good. Gr- well, great, because my next question was, how are you doing? So hopefully that continues to be great. Yeah, I'm doing awesome. How about you awesome. guys? We, I am fantastic. Uh, we, I love, I love recording these, and I, I love the fact that you're on with us and gonna have some fun chatting. So, yeah, well, thanks I'm so back much for having me on. Yeah, and I'm back from spring break as well today, so I am in the same boat as you, Anik. We're gonna have some fun tonight. I want to kind of switch it around, though, and really focus on what your background is, because I know Jeff gave you a little introduction, but I want to make sure that that you're um, giving us the full story. So how do you typically describe yourself and your role in education? Oh, I feel like that's kind of a complex question, but um, I've been teaching for 10 years now, but I had three years of mat leave because I have four kids and um, my last two, I got a bonus baby, got twins. So... Yeah, so they keep me busy, but I also work full time. Um, and it was really when I came back from my mat, my last mat leave that I really was able to dive into my passion. And so that kind of all started 
maybe about three or four years ago when I went to a conference in San Diego at High Tech High. And uh, that kind of got me connected on Twitter. And uh, through there, I started reading LearnLab and joined iMOOC and started blogging. And then TLAP came into my life. And all these things kind of happened super quickly. So um, I, like that, my passion has just been growing so quickly ever since High Tech High. And I actually gave an Ignite talk for my district um, earlier this school year about that, how I've just embraced the spark of learning to ignite my fire of passion. So it's been a crazy ride. Oh, wow, that sounds cool. I love that uh, Ignite talk uh, topic. Can you give us like a little like, what's the 30 second preview of what that talk was like? Well, it basically started with the number one question that people ask me, and that is, how do you do it? Being a mom of four boys and working full time, and they're actually still quite young, like they're eight, six, and then the twins are four, so they're still wow. young. And yeah. so the number one question is, how do you do it? And I kind of just went through my night talking about how my passion drives me, and when you do what you're passionate about, it's easy to find time and make time for what you love. So. Oh, I love that. So I always I'm gonna go off that because I always I always have this thing. You hear it a lot about like find some find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life and mm -hmm. i think that's just like the biggest load of crap in the world i hate that <laughs> it drives me nuts because i'm like didn't know you don't just get to get out of work that's not how that works yeah, yeah. Like, you, like the frustration doesn't disappear the stress doesn't disappear right because otherwise loving your kids would make it nice and easy right and that's just not that's true right. so like i love the fact that you you're that it's how do you do it and it's find something you're passionate because when you're passionate about it and you love what you do all that stuff is a little easier it's a little more worth it so you can totally. get through it and that passion that love and that that fire as you cut like is what drives you through that so i love that that was awesome i already like it i think we can just end the episode now and we're good perfect <laughs> no way, job we have way more to talk oh, about we have do you want to do more ray you want to keep going well, I do because I want right. to hear about her failures and successes. This is like my favorite part of the podcast. All right, we'll we'll, we'll start going. We'll, we'll keep, I I thought talking to me was your favorite part of the podcast, but whatever. <laughs> we'll keep going here. So, all right, so let's talk I'm about. Glad I fooled you. Uh, let's talk about that. Um, so let's talk about a failure. I always talk a lot, and if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that we do this. Is I talk a lot about how I've been fortunate enough to fail a lot in my life. Now, I didn't really like them when it happened, but I look back and I reflect, and I've everything all these failures that i've had has led me to where i am now so we love talking about it, i love hearing about it so can you tell us about a time that you've had that you failed in your life and just sort of what happened why was it a failure to you how did you overcome that and what did you take away from that experience sure so uh i often go back to this one because it's very fresh in my mind it happened just last year um last year i taught uh first and second graders combined class and with my second graders, I was doing an English project. And so we uh, had we had done a lot of classroom books in the past. And this time we decided to change it up by doing a green screen video of their writing. So the project was what we were thankful for. And we started by reading Todd Parr's book, Thankful, or Thankful Book, it's called, I think. And uh, from there, they brainstormed a bunch of things that they were thankful of and went on and, and wrote about it. And so we were at the point in our project where they were ready to find images for their green screen videos. And we, so because we knew how important it was to properly spell words, we, when you're searching things online, we made a list of all of, their, all of the things that they were thankful for in keyword form. Um, 
and had that all ready. And so we decided to use Pixabay because I thought that was a great free option without having to worry about copyright or linking or work and stuff. And so here we were sitting on the carpet. The kids were kind of huddled around. Uh, the iPad was, was displayed on the projector. And we I went to model how to search for a house because um, that was one of the things that came up with. So showed them how to go onto the search bar and type in house, properly spelling it, and click search. And as we're scrolling through these perfectly awesome house pictures, a very inappropriate picture popped up and the whole class ended up seeing a woman's breast. And mm. so, yeah, it was a little, I was like, oh my gosh, That's... what do I do in the moment? Yeah. All these second graders looking at this. And so I didn't know what to do. I kind of panicked and scrolled up and I think it all worked out in the end. We kind of debriefed and talked about how we hadn't done anything wrong. We actually did everything right and these things kind of happen. And uh, so we talked about their feelings and how if this were to happen again, where they're when they're independently searching for images that they should come see me so they we can talk it out some more. And truth be told, I didn't trust to use Pixabay again. We ended up using Kittle, um, which the image quality wasn't as great, but at least I felt a little bit safer. Um, but I, I sent an email to parents to let them know what had happened. And one parent really, she got back to me with great amount of detail and more question, which was great because it pushed me to reflect more and answer more questions. and. Uh, the thing that I kept coming back to, and thankfully I had read uh, Jennifer Cassatod's social media, and I just, all I could re remember was, I'm so thankful that it at least happened where they it was a controlled environment, and I was mm -hmm. able to kind of guide them through the process, and they weren't kind of finding this out on their own and not sure how to handle it or deal with it or all these feelings that they were having. And so when I explained that to parents, I feel like they were a lot more receptive, and many of them found it funny. Of course, <laughs> probably not easy for them to say because they weren't in the moment. But sure. all in all, it was a good experience. Lots of I felt a lot of support from parents, which was good. But it definitely um, made me reconsider how I was going to search for things with students. Not that I would not do it again, just be more aware of those kinds of things and how to grow through them. I love that you flipped it to a teachable moment with your students on what do you do if something like this happens when you're not here? And that yeah. you reflected on the fact that it was a controlled environment. I think that's really important. Ray, I, I, I feel like, was there someone else early, in one of our early episodes, I think someone else shared a similar story of searching for something and, and something like that coming up. But I can't, it was, I think it was an older age group. But so, so you're definitely, you're not alone. That's happened before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jeff, I think you're right that this whole mentality of that happening is just so scary for an educator. Oh, and so yeah. having... Oh, yeah not only allies that have gone through it before, but but thinking through how you would handle it in the moment is so important. And there's yeah. always those horror stories in education. Yeah, but that's kind of what happens when you take risks, right? These things are bound to happen mm -hmm. eventually. And if we don't take risks, then that's kind of like, that's where the magic usually happens is in those risks. And when you're taking risks, things tend to go wrong yeah. every once in a while. So, But you took that risk and, and you ran into a, a pretty a, a rough bump, but you you took that opportunity to 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 find a, the teachable moment for your students you were open with your parents about it, explaining what happened and what you were doing to reflect on it to make sure it didn't happen again i mean it doesn't sound like i don't think you could have handled it any better yeah i think it turned out okay i actually even blogged about it because it was such a <laughs> problem well <laughs> yeah but, with me you know which is great because like ray said like i mean that's a, such a fear so you by you yeah. putting that out on your blog and now here as well, there are educators all over that are, that are able to read that, able to hear this and say, oh, okay, it's not just me. I'm not the only one who worries about that. I'm not the only one who's done a 
done something similar to that, I'm not alone. I can reach out. I can connect. I can, I can, I can feel, you know, like I'm not alone essentially. So totally. And it happened to me and like, it, it sounds horrible, but it really wasn't all that bad, you know? So it's, it, it'll be fine if it happens. <laughs> Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. We're going to get right back to the episode, but how does $50 sound? Head over to teachbetterconference.com, look for the two-day registration, put in the discount code podcast talk, and you're going to save yourself $50 off registration. We're going to see you in November 8th and 9th at the Teach Better Conference. And right now, let's get back to the episode. All right, so now let's flip it. Let's talk about a success. So let's, this this can be something big or something small, but let's talk about a time that you felt successful. Uh, tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? Okay, so I'm going to go with one of, one of I feel like, is one of my greatest, greatest successes. Um, I, like you said in my intro, I've been working at a brand new school that just opened up last year. Um, and the process to get hired here was incredibly tough. I felt like like when you saw the job postings, you, you kind of you were taken back because the expectations of the people that they hired were just so high. And I didn't know how anybody was ever going to be able to live up to any of those standards. So it was a crazy process to apply and to go through go through the interview process. And we had to even write a like a wasn't really an essay, but like a a one page write up about our beliefs and our values and how we see a new school and how we see it develop and how we include kids in that and parents in the community. And it was just a really crazy process to go through. And um, like, I, I, I couldn't believe when I got the phone call saying that they were offering me a position. It was just such an incredible experience. And now that I've been here for almost two years, it's like, I can't even describe how incredible it is because you, like the best way that I can compare it to is, so we're all connected educators and we have an incredible PLN virtually. And I get to work with people like that every single day where they're just like next door, or I get to collaborate with awesome people in my building to create these mind blowing projects and incredible exhibition evenings. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just so glad. Like, I'm not gonna say that it's been super easy. It's been, it's come with a lot of challenges to open up a brand new school and all of that. but it's been totally worth it. And I wouldn't trade this experience for anything. You know, Annika, I love your focus on just being around the right people to make the most incredible job happen. You know, I, I, I think that, that that opportunity to get the dream job is something that we not all always, ho- like we all hope for, but isn't always where we feel like we get to. And the opportunity to have the dream job and just, you know, you talk about how hard it is to work in that field, but also how much benefit there is and in, in seeing it all come together. And I'm just so thankful that that there are educators out there that are not just enjoying their job, but really see it as the dream job. When I got my job at Evans Junior High, where I teach now, I tell people all the time, like, that was the dream job. So I'm kind of getting goosebumps talking about it. I know how that that moment feels. Yeah, totally. So in terms of education, you've obviously done a lot. You're continuing to do a lot. And I want to switch our conversation a little bit to focus on what is exciting you right now and everything going on in education. You're you're doing so much as a leader in education. You're obviously very active on Twitter and all these other avenues of supporting educators around the world. But, but what's really fueling your fire? Oh, there's just so many things. Um, 
for me, like the biggest thing that I've noticed since starting my career 10 years ago is the doors that have been opened through global collaboration. Like it's, you're not limited to your four classroom walls or field trips anymore. You really can do just about anything that you and your students can dream up. So that's been super cool to last year. My great goal was to, um, to connect globally with more classrooms and experts around the world. And it's through that, my, my best friend who I happen to be working with just down the hall, her and I um, decided to do a growth mindset read aloud. And uh, because we had noticed that our students were, weren't as resilient as we would hope they would be, or they gave up more easily and they weren't comfortable with the notion of not being able to do something yet. So we wanted to focus on that. And we also, because we were both, our goal was to collaborate globally and to uh, kind of Google Hangout and Skype with people around the world. Uh, we decided to, to make a global read aloud based on growth mindset. So what we did is we did it for a whole month and every week we had a new class hosting by uh, reading a book and we put it on YouTube that way classes could kind of watch and participate how it fit into their schedules. So they had a week to watch this video and uh, within the video the hosting class asked for or they posed uh, slow Twitter chat questions. So then classrooms could watch the video and, and interact with other classrooms through through the slow Twitter chat. And it was just an incredible experience. And we didn't have that many participants last year, but we did it again this year, just after the winter break. And it was another awesome experience where kids kind of collaborated based on this notion of growth mindset, which as we know is so prevalent in education right now. And so that's just one of the ways that we connected with others around the world. And it's just so powerful to have an authentic audience and, um, like just simple things like last year my students were reading a book came across a uh, of a book on bridges and just so happened to tweet it out and found out that Tamra letter had a really cool story to share about a bridge that goes underwater by where she lives so we ended up having a google hangout with her and asking her questions and she sent us videos and and then for pirate day last year and this year dave burgess read to my class and this year it was for all three first grade classes and I've had countless other um, big names, we'll say, in education read to, to my class. And it's just been so, Roman being one of them. Uh, so it's just been incredible to be able to take our learning beyond the classroom walls. Absolutely. I think that the, the, the some of the most incredible memories I have from connecting with educators is that then connection, not just in your PLN and, and learning from each other, but then connecting students to one another. I think that that, that power is incredible. Um, I, this brings up last year, I was able to connect with uh, Melissa Hayes, who um, we ended up partnering and connecting over 120 classrooms to each other around the world and having students connect. And, and just the power of our school, our learning, not just existing in our community, but being able to reach a, a larger network of, of learners is incredible. It's amazing the things you've been able to do. I'm, I'm sure that your, your story will inspire other educators to hopefully take on the, the opportunity to not just connect on Twitter with other educators, but really ensure that, that they become also a part of their classroom as well. Totally. And like, I, I just think how incredible it is for these kids who don't really know much outside of their 
community, their environment, right? Because unless they're traveling and stuff, they the world seems so big to them and they don't really have a concept of city even yet in first grade. So last year, one of the things that we did is we connected with uh, Brandy Miller in Florida to yeah, play a mystery letter. We were part of her, uh, I think she did all of the states, but we were part of her Canada uh, Global Connection. And it was really cute because we played mystery letter with her, I think at least twice, and one was for Grandparents Day. So the grandparents that came to visit our classroom got to be a part of it. And I remember one of my students coming back from spring break and he was like, I was in Florida and we were so close to our Florida friends. And it was like, it was really cute <laughs> to to make these little connections of of like, other other parts in the world and how they have formed connections with other kids right around their age, far and near. And um, actually, I was talking about um, growth mindset read aloud that I did with my best friend. And uh, this year, right after our round, um, there was a round by Karen um, Caswell, who um, did it in Australia, which was super cool. So she did a kindness read aloud. So it's it's incredible how just these little things can spread so quickly because of technology nowadays. So with that piece in mind, what advice would you give new teachers or teachers that are eager to continue learning in this way? They Maybe they want to get their classroom involved. Maybe they just want to connect more effectively with people on Twitter and really grow their own personal learning network. What advice do these teachers need to stay up to date? I feel like like it, I didn't go from zero to a thousand very quickly. I it took me a little while to kind of figure out Twitter and how I could use it to my advantage. So don't feel like like you might see these people that are rocking it on Twitter right now and you're feeling overwhelmed. Don't like just do it at your pace. And once you once you figure out how incredible this tool is and how powerful it can be in your learning and your students' learning, it'll be so much easier to. Uh, to, to, to realize how you can use it and, and to use it more and more effectively and, and to help you learn and grow. And I also would say, no matter where you are in your career, whether you're brand new or just within your first few years, I would say like really believe in yourself, share your voice because we can learn from you just as much as you can learn from us. And uh, it reminds me of a story that I, at my very first year uh, as a teacher, I thankfully had an incredible principal who I've worked for on and off since the beginning of my career. And he he was so incredible because I remember it was my very first year of teaching and they were asking for presenters for a little divisional uh, PD day. And I went to see him, I said, oh, I've got this idea, but I don't know, like this is just, I've only been teaching for a few months. This is just my first year teaching. And he really encouraged me to go for it. And that was kind of a moment that stands out for me because although I was new, he believed that what I had to share was valid. And as new teachers, you maybe feel intimidated by other people that have been doing it for longer, but your voice is just as powerful and we need to hear it. So find a way to share it, whether it's through Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or however, if you're blogging, great, but just find a way to share that because it's important. I love that. I, I, I love that uh, that advice of what one. I love how you you uh, talked about the about being on Twitter and not being overwhelmed by. It. Don't be comparing yourself. Just find a way and figure out the power that you can how you can utilize it. And, and I think that goes with any kind of social media and tech in general. But uh, I think the it, it's so important for for teachers who have been around for a while to continue to to tell the young teachers, hey, 
you are worthy. You need to believe in yourself. Share your voice. We, I love that you said this. We can learn from you just as much. Like that's so crucial because that allows that teacher to not get stuck in this. I just need to kind of be quiet and stick in my place and get into a rut, but still be willing to take chances right off the bat and learn from and build these connections with people who have been around for a while and can teach them a lot because we can't always learn from each other. So I love it. That's awesome. Love it. Um, so let's have some fun now. We're going to do the next six questions. And your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. All right. I'm ready. You ready to roll? Ready to roll. All right. Here we go. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? For sure. Hands down, Seesaw. The kids can show parents and anybody following their journal what they're up to. And it's just fantastic. Give us a book that you're reading right now. I just finished reading Sanctuaries by Dan Tricarico, which was Mm, awesome. And I'm currently rereading Passion for Kindness by Tamara Letter. Nice. So who do we need to follow on Twitter today? For sure, Tamara. Awesome. Big shout out to Tamara Letter. Yeah. Good one. And what's the best YouTube channel for educators? I'm honestly not a big YouTuber, but for sure, John Spencer. I love his simple and powerful videos. Awesome. And give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into. Mm, I think I alluded to it. Find a way to share your awesomeness because what you're doing is awesome and we need to hear it. So if you're blogging or tweeting or posting on Instagram, it'll help others, but it'll also help yourself to reflect more. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I'm going to go with follow your passion or as Dave Burgess says, follow your energy. Uh, Like I said earlier in the podcast, people always ask me how I do all that I do with my four kids and working full time. I just follow my passion. Oh, I love it. That was perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I might have the most important question of the night, and that just has to do with how our listeners can keep connected to you. I know you are on a bunch of different social media platforms, and you are blogging and doing incredible things. So where can our listeners reach out? Sure. So uh, on Twitter and Instagram, my handle is the same. It's just my first name and my last name. So at Anik Roke. And my blog is anikroke.ca. Awesome. And you know you can find everything that we talked about and the different resources that we've uh, mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as the real important links to connect with Anik and add the plate and go to her blog and connect with her on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss any of the um, upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating review, we'd really appreciate that. And then do a one step further for us. Think of five or ten of your colleagues or friends or family that you think need to hear these amazing stories that we're sharing on this podcast and share this podcast with them. We truly appreciate it. And it really just an awesome episode. Thank you so much for, for coming. You're your first day back from spring break and you're here with us tonight. Uh, when you, when we know you have four boys at home. So, um, really appreciate you sharing all of your, your passion with us and, and all your awesomeness. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was a real honor that you guys reached out. So thanks. The honor is all ours, I assure you. And until next time, let's get out there, let's teach better. Mm-hmm.